Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Al Zay Calhoun. Al Zay is the owner of Coveted Consultant, and he's a business coach that helps successful B2B consultants get more control over their businesses. His step-by-step program is simple and straightforward and focuses on three essential systems to produce the greatest amount of impact in the shortest amount of time. Clients close faster, work is done better, and profitability is increased. The supportive environment of coaches and B2B business owners creates opportunity for long-lasting business connections. It's like an entrepreneurial incubator for consultants. You've never been this productive. Alze, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I feel really good. I feel really good, so I'm excited to see what we talk about today. Awesome. Awesome. First off, can you kind of walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now? Love to. I'd love to. I started out back when I was employable. I was a consultant <laughs> and it was just that general. So I was an internal consultant, you know, internal with the executives. Uh, I was an external consultant externally to, to, to different organizations. I was a quote unquote consultant. And that made a lot of sense to me at that time. And when I started my own business, I tried to offer the same kinds of quote unquote consulting services. I was so depressed at the fact that nobody was buying what I was selling. And I didn't understand why. And what I learned that marketing was an issue and that some form of lead generation was an issue for people. And so I pivoted into a marketing agency. And so I ran an agency for a number of years and we did everything. And everything, landing pages, content creation, email campaigns, websites, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we did it for everyone, finance people, <laughs> operations people, construction people, lawn care company, dentists, pick. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> as a result of all of that, it was incredibly overwhelming. I mean, the overwhelm was enormous and it was both personally and professionally hurtful, frankly. And I had to figure out what I was going to do as leader of my business to get out of that dungeon I'd put myself in. Long story short, the idea of productizing simplified things for me, my team, and my clients, and it gave us more effective profitability. That point of view is what I now offer my clients. I believe that's the way out, and I want to give people a structured, safe way of executing productizing so they can get to a better, efficient place. Got it. Awesome. So can you just describe the process 
of what you were doing in your first agency that made it so overwhelming or, or what was happening that kind of led to that overwhelm, I should say? Okay. So how much time do we have, right? Like, okay, <laughs> I was doing a number of things. All right. So, but I think here are some of the big bullet points. The first is I was offering my expertise. I was offering my expertise. So, you know, hey, I'm smart. I'm a consultant, quote unquote. I've helped a lot of different kinds of companies in a lot, a lot, of, a lot of situations. I can do whatever you want me to do. And so that's what was happening. So I was getting all kinds of companies because I could do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And then they were asking me, Alze, one guy, they were asking me to do it. And that, that was I, you know, fun for a little while. You know, it's very validating to have people kind of want your attention and want your time. But it's, you realize that you just can't keep going like that. You can't scale a business like that. And just personally, from a personal effort standpoint, you can't maintain it. So that is kind of idea number one, is that everything was too broad. The audience was too broad. The offerings were too broad. It all fell on me because how do you hire team members if you don't know what the next project is going to be? So you can't. Right. And you can't hire anybody. So then the more focused I got, the easier it was to hire, for one. And then the more focused I got, the easier it was to sell it, too. So that's one. That's kind of big idea number one. And then let me just try to keep myself focused with, with, with big idea number two, which was the process that we use to sell things is broken, frankly. Uh, that typical consulting process, uh, whether you're an agency or a firm or whatever you call your company, we more or less sell our consulting services the same way, which is some version of multiple iterations on conversations, which turns into multiple iterations on proposals, which turns into multiple iterations on scope, and then price is dealt with somewhere after that. And that is just inefficient. And for mm. those who are listening to the podcast, if you've gone through this, you felt this pain. It's just inefficient. So not only was I selling a variety of things that I couldn't get control over, but just the process of selling things, the sales cycle was so long. There were so many parts. It wasn't valuable. So there's a lot of things we could kind of attach to those two big ideas, mm -hmm. but those two big ideas had to be fixed. If I was going to be an effective business owner, we had to fix them. And, you know, we got to it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So I like how you kind of group those two together. So let's attack those. And I want to see how you unpacked it and how you kind of tightened ship and, and made it work. So with your added focus, easier to hire, easier to sell, what's the process you kind of went through when you gained your focus and got things more streamlined and productized? Okay. So let's admit something. I'm telling a story right now that is about 10 years old. So my language today is going to be a whole lot better than it was then. It's going to sound real clean and efficient when I explain it now. I'm pretty good at walking through this now. But then it began with pure frustration. We're talking mm. about rubbing the eyes. We're talking about slamming the desk. We're talking about verbal curse words. We're talking about low nights of sleep. Like That's where you start. It starts with this very ugly picture of, of pain. And we don't talk about that a lot, but that's where you begin. I don't like how I'm operating here. So then from a focus standpoint, I had to begin to make some admissions. I didn't realize I was making admissions. That's one of my better words today. But then I was having to admit, okay, wait, starting with me, what do I do best? If I'm going to hire it out, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to support clients through it, what is that? 
right? Mm -hmm. um, and there were some sequences. There were some marketing approaches. I say sequences that I had to admit I was good at. That's kind of was the first admission. Hey, this marketing sequence, we, I called it a launch campaign. If you're looking to make a certain amount of sales, this kind of launch campaign can help you. So then I went from selling anything you want made to delivering a certain kind of campaign. And that was kind of tier number one. I went from pure frustration to this campaign. I realized how important content was to making that campaign work. But there's some content as a business owner that you've got to create. There's some emails you got to write, some videos you got to make, some blogs you got to write. There's some stuff you got to, you know, stuff you got to make. Mm -hmm. And the power of the content made the campaign better. In other words, better content makes for a better campaign. And what I realized was my company and I, so me as, a, as an employee inside my company, we got good at helping clients create content better and faster. So that became the next iteration. So we went from doing everything, it being obnoxious, to campaign focused, and then to content focused. And you know we can add to that, but I think I want to give some level of, of texture. So that was the flow of that. And that was about admitting, admitting what he does best. So for those who are listening, there's some admissions you're going to have to make. If you agree if, or if you admit that right now, this, this generalist approach is just not the most effective, then you're just going to have to admit there's some stuff you do well and some stuff you don't do well. And whatever it is, is fine, but you're going to have to admit. I'll stop there so you can direct me. But that was the first level of decisions we had to make. Gotcha. And just for context, what did one of those launch campaigns look like and with the content and how did you kind of work with the customers on that? Okay. The simplest version of the campaign was email campaign. So listen, there's three or four or five emails that you can send to create more sales. Now, for some people, they were using that email campaign to sell a product like a book or a digital course or a training offering or something of that nature, just a kind of a product. Some people were using that campaign to drive phone calls. So you had, you know, I want to talk to somebody, you know, I want to drive a, a consult. So you could use that same campaign approach towards either goal. But the idea was to think through it in a campaign fashion, a step-by-step -step fashion. So sometimes it was three emails, sometimes it was five, sometimes it was seven. Of course, there are campaigns that can be much longer with more complex elements. But from a, because you just asked me, how do we work clients through that? Well, shorter is better. So if, if we help the client say, listen, there's three crucial emails, you craft those and send those. Well, that's just easier to digest for a client. It's just, it's just easier to hear. It's easier to digest, easy, easy, easier to understand. It's also easier to commit to. So you know you need the client to talk with you about the offering, right? You know you need the client to pay money for the offering. And so the easier it is to get that understanding, the easier it is to get the payment, whatever the appropriate payment is, 2000 20000 who cares? That's kind of the beginning, a series of, of short emails, which made it easier for the client to hear, and therefore getting the investment energy and money, all three of those things, was easier as a result. Gotcha. And I'm sure since you, you, know, you went from the frustration to um, delivering a single campaign, and then from there, understanding the importance of content and being able to communicate that idea to the client, it was easier to plug in your team members to specific roles, more like an assembly line now, instead of everything right. being a custom job. Okay, awesome. So right. um, you've got that. I imagine from there, you kind of then went to selling that 
productized service, you kind of started working on how can I sell this more easy? Like you mentioned, how the typical consulting process is broken. How did you kind of figure out how to position it and sell it and make that process the more effective, the sales part, portion of it? Okay. So in the agency, in the agency I, I used to run, at the end of the day, the client was looking for new leads. The client was looking for new opportunities. The client was looking for new sales appointments. The client was looking for new sales, new actual sales. So for simplicity, we'll just call it a monetization event. That's what they were trying to get to. So use the campaign to create that end goal and message the end goal, message the outcome. So, hey, if you are a client, if you are a business and you're looking for sales calls, I can help you generate sales calls. Hey, if you're looking to generate book sales, then I can help you generate book sales or whatever the appropriate outcome was. So what you end up messaging is the actual outcome. Now, there, there's some layers here, and I want to <laughs> be mindful of the time so that I don't, I don't go too deep with this. But there, I want to make sure practically what we're not saying here is you promise people money. I'm not saying, hey, you'll make a million dollars in a week. You'll make six figures in a day. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are acknowledging the desired outcome, which is more sales calls. Let's call it that. We're acknowledging the desired outcome. Then we're admitting to the process that we have to create that outcome. So, hey, there's an outcome. You want sales? Got it. Or you want sales calls? Got it. So we have a five-step process to get you more sales calls. Now, let's talk about if this process will work for your company. So now the consultant, me, and the client can talk honestly about how this process may or may not work inside their company. This creates the opportunity. Professionals can now discuss a business project versus a salesperson making a very sexy promise and trying to talk the client into the promise. You know, hey, we can make you a million. You want to make a million? Yeah, we can do it. Just trust us. That thing. I'm trying to draw a bright line there. Is that making sense? If not, let's make sure we make that clear. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of taking away, the way I understand it, it's taking away parts of the sales process that prospects hate the most. Hey, you know, we're going to talk and I know you're going to try to dig some information out of me. And, you know, I don't want to give you too much because I don't want you to figure out how big my budget is and then inflate the price. And is this really, there you it's go. pretty much stripping away. It's putting your cards on the table and stripping away all of that and saying, you know, here's what I got. This is what it's done. Here's how much it costs. You know, the only thing we need to figure out is whether or not it's going to work for your particular situation. That's right. That's right. I definitely can see how right. that that framing in their mind changes or it reframes the conversation. It reframes the type of dialogue that is happening because they don't have to be so guarded when they're talking to you. Like the typical agency approaches, you know, bill as much as possible, keep or get the account. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing about high level clients. High-level clients know they have to have a conversation. Your best client knows very well that they have to engage about the services. They know that, but they don't want to get tricked into or sucked into a typical sales call. They do not want that. Right. So like you just said, if you put the cards on the table and now they know that there's no gotcha here, there's no back-end surprise, then they can now engage the way they actually want to engage. They want to tell you about their problem. They want to tell you about 
uh, the issues affecting them. They're looking for an expert to dialogue with about this. So again, your best client, the one who wants to pay the big money, wants to have this conversation. So if you remove the sales junk, what you'll find is that they just come much more open, much more uh, forthright, much more excited about engaging you. Isn't that what we want? I mean, that's what we're all after here. So there's a win on both sides here. There's a win on both sides. Yeah. Anyone who's interested in business growth, if they believe you can actually help their business, they want to talk to you. Um, Bingo. You know, some people just, you know, they, their job is their job and they're like, they don't really care. But talking with people, those aren't good prospects, but talking with the right prospects, they want your help if you can help them. Absolutely. For sure. They just, you got to get past that BS meter in the beginning or that BS right. radar in the beginning. Absolutely. And yeah, we're running uh, against the clock. So I want to make sure that we discuss coveted consultant and kind of what you do over there and how your program works and, and how you help business owners do this type of stuff. Thank you for asking. So we're having this conversation and you know, I imagine that, there, that there's someone listening to the, to the podcast right now and they're nodding while we're talking. They're like, yes. yes, that's how it's supposed to work. Yes, that's what I want. Yes, that's what I told my team. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so let me speak to that person right now. There are some decisions that you have to make internally inside your company in order for these systems, approaches, strategies to work for you. This is not magic. There is no magic crystal ball here. No one's got one of those, me neither. So those decisions, however, can be hidden from you. You may not realize that you have to make these choices. I want to be clear about that. That is what Coveted Consultant is for. That's why it exists is to make these hidden decisions or make these invisible decisions visible. So one of them was what you heard me talk about was this importance of admission, admitting what your company does best. So right now we do 10 different things, but really we only do two of them well. That means eight things are now going to come off your table. Eight things now come off your services page on your website. You got to be okay with that. We're going to make some choices here. So that's a choice you got to make. We're going to take eight things off the table, right? Which can be a bit scary, <laughs> which, can, yep. which can be scary for a number of reasons. I understand why that would be, but that is a choice you have to make. Another thing you have to admit to is that there are certain clients you serve better than others. Sometimes that size of client, you know, we're better with $100 million companies versus $2 million companies. Uh, some of that is type of client. We're better with clients that have a leadership team versus just a solo owner. Uh, sometimes that is a matter of industry or niche. Hey, people who make physical products are better for us versus digital products, whatever. There's a lot of ways we, we, we can think about that. But you're going to have to admit that there are certain types of clients you simply serve better. Okay. One more major admission. There's some others, but I think these are coming some of the highlights mm-hmm. um, is you're going to have to admit on uh, or commit to a definitive service model that makes you happy and your clients happy. So when a client says yes to your services, what are they saying yes to? What are they committing to? They're not just committing to paying you money. That's certainly part of it. But they're also committing to a certain number of meetings. They're committing to reviewing a certain number of documents. They are committed to delivering on their promise, whatever their promise is. Your client is going to have to commit to. And you need your client to commit to that. On the balance of that, there are some things internally that your company is committing to. 
You're committing to delivering a certain set of deliverables. You are committing to delivering those on time, like you promised. You are committing to a certain price point, whatever that price point is. Those are things that you're committed to. You've got to set all that up before you go talk to the client. You got to be clear about that, and you got to admit this is how we operate. You got to admit to that before you go talk to the client. So, if you'll do this invisible work, clients respond to you so much better. But these are real choices. These are real business choices you have to make internally, and these are the kinds of things as experts we like to just kind of brush past. Oh, it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. I'll figure it out when I get there. It's not a big deal. I'll figure it out when I talk to them. It's not a big deal. I just put in a proposal. And every time you do that, you're not aware of the discount you're taking. There's a self-imposed discount you're taking every time you say, oh, I'll do it later. So what we do in Coveted Consultant is we make these invisible decisions visible. And we challenge our clients to answer them. And we do it with a coaching program. And there's a whole structured way we go about that. But I think for the people who are listening right now, that's what you got to hear. There's some choices you got to make. And if you'll make them, then as a company, Coveted Consultant will help support you through those choices. Mm. Excellent. And I'm interested in, I because you're obviously talking to people about this all the time, uh, about their businesses. And, and I'm sure things can get very emotional when it comes to, you know, having to change some things in my business that I've been doing for so long. You know, it's difficult. You know, it's like, um, it's a mess, but it's your mess type of thing. You want to protect right. it. That's right. I'm interested in to know, I mean, someone can hear this and logically it makes sense. Yeah. Streamline my offering. It makes sense. Productize it, the service, delivery, sales, everything. But what is the biggest reason why it's difficult for people to do this type of work? That's a great question. Man, that's a great question. That actually has some sub elements to it. You named what I think is the big one. The big idea here is that this is mine. It's my mess. It may be an imperfect mess, but it's mine. And now, you know, you, Alze, or you and your company, or this, the other guy, you got some good ideas about about what to do in my house. No, you can't come in my house and move my furniture. That's a (laughs) dynamic. Okay. And again, I don't want to minimize that. That's real. Now, you asked me about my story a bit earlier. I told you I was kicking and screaming in my office. (laughs) I was upset. It was, like you said, emotional. I got to the emotional place. I was past the logic. I was past the business smarts. I was past all that. It's 11 o'clock at night and I'm still doing this. The third employee has failed and I got to hire a fourth one to do this task. Like that's where I was. So if right now, if you're battling with this idea and you want, then you don't want to do this right now and that's okay. There's no judgment. You don't have to take this approach. The people who resonate most with this approach have already admitted that they've kind of come to their end with this. There's no more business smarts that they can apply to make this work. I can no longer protect my inefficiencies anymore. (laughs) We're just going to have to do better. So there's that part of it. The other part of that is realizing that there's more opportunity for you individually, for your team and your company if you make these choices. Like I can literally take more days off now because things are more organized. I can give my team more autonomy now because things are more organized. I can serve my clients better and keep them longer because we're more organized. Mm. Like I see the numbers. I see it happening. And so some people kind of get started on either side of that equation, you know, kind of out of pure frustration or out of pure opportunity. That's kind of the starting place for people. But Morgan, you've picked up on something really important that this is 
there is a spirit of emotion that's here. This is not just an intellectual exercise. <laughs> it, right. it is change. It is a bit uncomfortable or it can be a bit uncomfortable. And we deal with that. We deal with that. The end idea for me here is once you begin to move down this path, it doesn't feel nearly as intimidating. It's a lot scarier before you open the door. But once you open the door, it becomes navigable. It's like that first hill on the roller coaster. Right? Bingo. Absolutely. Bingo. Awesome. Well, it's been so great having you on, Alze, and having you tell us about your personal story, your business, and, and kind of the just the concepts that you specialize in and how people can apply them to their own businesses to see success. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in some things you said today? I want to ask some questions if they are interested in working with you through Coveted Consultant. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks for asking about that. So covetedconsultant.com slash free. Covetedconsultant.com slash free. There's a presentation that's there, and that presentation will walk you through these decisions. So you just kind of know what you're deciding to do. And if you like that, well, then you can book a time with me and we can have a conversation about the program and if, if it fits you. But if nothing else, when you go to that link, you can just kind of see the roadmap in front of you, so to speak. Hey, if I want to do this, what am I really deciding to do? What are my options, what are my choices, my, my decisions, my commitment, et cetera? So that's why I would recommend folks go if they want to take a next step. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for being on. Really appreciate your time and you sharing your wisdom with us today. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Awesome. You have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.